It's Izzy. Wherever you're listening from, whatever your situation, and whatever brought you here, I'm so, so grateful that you've invested your time in listening to positive content. I truly hope you gain some valuable insights from the episode. Hello and welcome back. Last week I was in Turkey, so there was no podcast, so apologies for that. But this week, this week, coming in with a strategy that I use with some of my clients and that I have used myself over the last few years. And I haven't read Atomic Habits, but it is one of those things that is an atomic habit. And if you know me at all, you know that I'm not about just talking about stuff that you can think about, that you can be impressed by, that you can go and share with other people. I want it to actually make a difference. And for something to make a difference in your life, you've got to actually let it impact and change your life. And the only reason it's the only way it's going to change and impact your life is if you take action on it, is if you actually make a change. If there's no change, then your life will stay the same. And this is jumping straight in. This is jumping straight in because, well, there's no point, as I said, talking around the subject. Let's jump straight in. So this week, I want to talk about non-negotiables. Some people will have sporting non-negotiables to do with their health. Some people have non-negotiables to do with their finances, that they won't go beyond, um, below a certain percentage of their income each month, that they will pop that into a savings account. Some people will have a, um, a food, a nutrition, a healthy eating goal, call it a diet, call whatever you want. Some people have a time that they wake up in the day. These are little micro habits but most people aren't regimented in them. These are things that you might think about doing in the new year, or maybe you don't even make them small enough to be actionable. So in January, um, you said that you wanted to improve your health. Well, that's not really something that you can take action on. It's not really something that is specific enough for you to be motivated enough to actually make a difference because that means nothing. How are you going to do that? Because actually you wanted to be healthy and fit all the time. That's never changed. You've never said to yourself, you've never said to anybody else, you never thought to yourself, I would like to be fat. I would like to be overweight and I would like to be unhealthy. That has never crossed your mind. It's always the other way around. The reason why you haven't done it is because the way in which you can achieve that has not been appealing to you. And so you don't take action on it. So what would make it easier? Is it actually possible to do that as somebody who doesn't really want to, they want to be someone who feels fit and healthy, but they don't want to actually do what it takes to get there? Well, often we see, and I've talked about this in different, in in previous podcasts before, we see like normal size goals as mountains, massive hills that we have to climb. But not just do we see the goal as a mountain, we see ourselves as a little tiny bug, like an ant, right? And an ant's chance of climbing a mountain and staying alive is very slim. And so we shy away from these goals because they just feel so big and we think of ourselves as being so inferior. And that is, comes in two parts. One, we over-exaggerate in our brain the size of the goal to in- purposefully self-sabotage, to intimidate ourselves so that we don't go after it. Not because we don't want to go after it, but because it's not easy. It's hard. And so by telling ourselves that it's bigger than it is, we give ourselves an excuse not to go after it. 
But the second half of that, the reason why we see ourselves as an ant or a, a, a being that can't overcome that, that can't climb that mountain, that can't achieve that goal, is because we're not identifying as someone who is fit and healthy. We're instead identifying as somebody who wants to be fit and healthy. We're not identifying as someone who gets up at seven in the morning and goes straight to a workout or who takes the stairs rather than takes the lift or the escalators. We're not putting ourselves in a position that says, I can do this. So those are two parts of the parcel to work on. But non-negotiables, the topic for today, actually, rather than working on them as individuals, works on them all in one. This is a package deal that leads you coming out with the confidence and the self-identity, the self-confidence to accomplish these big goals by breaking them down a little bit and making them consistent, making you feel good and like you've made progress every single day. So I shall start by sharing my non-negotiables. So my non-negotiables are that I, every single day, wake up at 5am. Now, I'm not saying that you need to get up at 5am and it's been a journey to get here for me as well. I used to have to get up at 5 to go and work at Iceland. When I was at university, I worked there over the summer and I had the early shift at 5.30, 6 o'clock and and I had to get up at 5. Now, the shift went on till 2pm and by 2pm, on many occasions, I would leave in tears. I was so tired (laughs) that... I couldn't handle it. I literally couldn't handle it. It's like my body broke down. Then I started working at Itsu a few years later just um, because I lost my job and I needed something in the time time being. Now, Itsu was a very intense job, standing up all the time. It was, it was cool. It was fun. It was an experience. Itsu, for those of you who don't know, is sort of like a sushi. Um, I don't really want to get it wrong. Actually, I can't even remember what, what it would be called. Um, Asian? It's not Vietnamese. Um, anywho, it's, it's sushi mainly and ramen and uh, gyozas and that kind of thing. Where was I going with this? Well, I said to them from the get-go, I cannot do a 6am start. I've done that before. I'm an emotional wreck. So I did 7am starts. Now, to be honest, it didn't really help. I still had to get up at six and leave straight away. So how did I go from that as being someone who totally did not identify and define myself as someone who wakes up at five? Well, it started with the desire to get up and see the sunset, sunrise during the pandemic. I was really into photography and I wanted to take some photos of the sunrise. But if you didn't know this already, in the peak of summer, you have to get up at 4.30am for the sunrise. The sunrise is at 4.30 in the morning, which is crazy. And there was no way I was getting up at 4.30. So I tried to get up at 5am and made it out the door, but I'd already missed it. I'd already missed it. There was no point. There was no, there was no degree of colour in the sky. It was just all bright. But also during the pandemic, I'd moved back and we're living with my mum and my sister. And <laughs> This isn't to say that I don't enjoy spending time with them. The point is that we enjoy spending time together so much that we would spend all of the day together outside of my work time. So I'd finish a meeting or finish what I was doing, go for lunch and spend my time with them because I enjoyed their company. It it would be rare for us to spend time in our bedroom. And I guess that's what happens when you've got a family of three. If one person goes away, they're sort of missing out on what's going on. So we were very tight knit during the pandemic. And obviously there was no socializing with anybody else. So that's what we were to each other. But the con of that, as amazing as that kind of relationship is, 
It meant that we would all be getting up at 7am and instantly my mum, as lovely as she is, would ask, would you like, good morning, would you like a coffee? And that is so lovely. And so I'd say yes. And then I would, wouldn't would want to drink the coffee in bed. I want to drink it downstairs with them. I'd want to chat and, and talk and feel included and feel loved. But what that meant was that as soon as I was waking up, I was making instant contact with my family. I was instantly, the first conversation I was having was with them. Then I would go downstairs and drink the coffee and it'd be straight into the day. I would start work at heart, at eight o'clock, I think I'd, I was starting so I could finish earlier. So it was only really an hour before I started work. So what I started to realise is that actually when I was doing that, I wasn't really always showing up as the best version of myself, that I would sometimes be snappy because I'd be tired, but I hadn't really realised that I was tired, so I hadn't really put in place the proper uh, structures and the proper thought processes to make me be the best version of myself, even though I was tired. So being more patient, reflecting more that maybe I was probably to blame for moments of anger or frustration rather than the other person doing something wrong because I was tired. So what I started to do was think, well, actually, wouldn't it be cool to wake up earlier and have that time just for me? And it wasn't just for my family. It was also that with my job, I was working for a student's union and working for a student's union, which is sort of a body within a university that really supports the students. I... I loved it. It was my dream job, but everything was online and I had to muster up some motivation somehow and just turning up for work didn't really allow me to do that. So I decided to not only use the morning to reflect myself and I'll come back to that later, but to also get myself excited for the day. So step one was okay, let's wake up at 5am. And I think it started at six o'clock. I started with half an hour earlier than seven, an hour earlier than seven, and then gradually got down to five. And there were many times when I fell back to sleep and then woke up. The many, many, many times, it wasn't a smooth transition at all. But what I would do is I would wake up, I would sit up, I would draw my blind so that room was flooded with light. I was sitting up. If you lie down and you roll over, you're going to fall back to sleep. You are going to fall back to sleep. Even nowadays where I wake up at five all the time, if I roll over and close my eyes, I am guaranteed to go back to sleep. So you wake up, you sit up. And the thing that I do is I get my journal out. Because let me tell you, you can't fall asleep whilst you're writing. I mean, I'm sure you can, but it's a lot more tricky because you are, you're in a process. What's the word? You are, I can't think of the word, but you are using your senses productively to do something you are thinking you're engaging your body and your brain so the first thing was sort of mindless I would get my journal out I would write the date the full date and then I'd write the time I'd do a little arrow and then I would write good morning with a smiley face because if you write good morning with a frowny face well that just says something about how you want or think your day is going to go so I say good morning maybe with an exclamation mark putting something in there some enthusiasm for the day and then writing about how I was feeling or what I, what I was excited about for the day, a gratitude list. So I was checking in with myself, being grateful for everything that I have in the past and everything that I have in the present, everything that I'm grateful for right now. Checking in with how I was feeling maybe about yesterday or about how I'd slept. So thinking about the past, the present, and then also looking to the future. What have I got on today? What am I excited about for today? 
And those are the things that I would write down. And if I'm going to give you any advice is that you don't need a journal. I'd highly recommend it. And every single person I've helped, um, apart from those who don't like writing, all of them have said that actually starting a journal was one of the best things they've ever done. But if you don't like writing, well, you can draw. I know a lot of people who like to draw how they're feeling. You can voice note it, right? Like I'm talking into my phone right now, just like I'm doing a voice note. You can do that too. You can type it into your notes if you're, you know, you've, you've lost the skill of writing because you use your phone all the time. Well, you can write into your notes. But it's building that relationship with yourself. So that is my non-negotiable now. I wake up at 5am no matter, well, if I've gone to bed at midnight or now let's say 1am, then I will most likely sleep until six or seven because it is actually like a ridiculous amount of sleep, um, four hours. That's, that's really not enough, especially if I've got a big day the next day. But actually my body responds well to waking up at the same time each day rather than a specific number of hours. So me getting nine hours of sleep, unless I had had a really late night or was hungover or ill, would just do more harm than good. Now, earlier I said that previously when I'd woken up at five, to go to a job or even at six o'clock. I ended up in tears by the end of the day. This time waking up at five, I felt even more energetic by the end of the day. So what changed? What was different? Why? Why was I more energetic rather than drained? Well, when I was waking up at five or six to go to work, it wasn't necessarily the work that was the painful part of the experience. It was the fact that because the starts were so early, I would literally wake up, the alarm would go off, part of me would be petrified that I'd miss the alarm and therefore miss work, so I'd wake up anxious and flustered, I would get straight out of bed, annoyed that the um, both times I was in a a long-term relationship, um, so part of me was always annoyed that the person next to me didn't have to wake up at the same time with me and it was unfair because I was in this victim mindset. But the main thing was that I, I woke up, instantly got changed, mindless, mindlessly, not even consciously. I wasn't, I, it was autopilot. I knew where my clothes were. I knew how to put them on. I knew how many buttons there were. I knew the route to the car. I knew how to turn the car on. I knew how to drive to work and I knew how to get into work. So part of that whole process, there was nothing conscious, no checking in with myself, no preparing myself. It was all just a stream of almost robotics. And I'd love to say that that was an exception. I'd love to say that that is a rare occasion and that though I was screwed up and there was something wrong with me. But to say that would be saying that about a huge amount of the population, because the truth is that that is how many people start their days. Way maybe it's your mum banging on your door or shouting at you to get up and get ready to school for school. Maybe it's that you sleep until the last second to get to work. Maybe it's that you and your partner wake up and then you fall back to sleep, have a cuddle, and then you wake up again and then you put the alarm on, you fall back to sleep. As lovely as that is, and it is, save it for the weekends. Save it for the weekends because you will end up scrambling to get up. Most people are so mindless and robotic in their mornings that they end up being mindless and robotic in their jobs, being mindless and robotic when they get home from their jobs because they are so drained from their job because they had no energy going into it. And the way that you spend your day is defines that day, right? You have a mindless and sort of mere day. Then you do the same thing the next day. 
you have a mindless and a mad day and an okay day and just an all right day and yeah it was just work it was just it was just it was just life but then after seven of those you get an okay mare week but what happens when you get four mare okay weeks well that's a mare okay month and all right robotic mindless following my feet following the rules following what everyone tells me to do kind of month get 12 of those and you got yourself a mindless year a year of just following the crowd of following the footsteps of other people of getting up and just going about what your diary says you should do without checking in with yourself. Well, the truth is, is that the average person will live for 4,000 weeks, 30,000 days, around about 80 years. So if you have 80 of those years, which I know sounds a lot now, but the thing is, how many of those are you already through? And how many of those do you consciously remember? How many of those years that you've already spent were conscious? How many of those do you remember the conversations you had with yourself, the times where you had to push through, not push through from a victim mindset of, oh, he hurt me, we can do this, we didn't deserve, he didn't deserve us anyway. Not that kind of pushing through, not that kind of conversation, although that is important. And if you've been through that, then I'm proud of you as well. But the pushing through the hard times because you know that you are empowered and that you don't, you're not a victim and that anything is possible for you. How many of those days or years or months or whatever have been spent conscious in empowerment? Probably not many. So let's make a change. Maybe my non-negotiable is your non-negotiable. Not 5am, not even 6am, but 20 minutes earlier than your normal wake up. Not 10 minutes, because 10 minutes won't work. 10 minutes is useless. You may as well just wake up and get straight out the door. 20 minutes minimum, earlier than you already get up. Not to speak to anyone else, even if you sleep in the same bed as someone else. If you wake up at the same time, you can say good morning, you can give them a kiss, you can give them a cuddle, and then one of you leaves the room. You both leave the room, you sit in a different room, and you take some time for yourself to check in with you before you check in with the other person, before you look at your phone. You can look at your phone, I won't lie, I look at my phone first thing in the morning. Why? Well, I have clients I have clients who sometimes leave me messages at 4am in the morning saying that they are in a very difficult situation and you can make of that what you want. Phone calls in the night. Now I am not on my phone during the night because I wouldn't show up as the best version of me the next day. But there, that's one of the reasons. Also, how many, how many new followers do I have on TikTok? I'm human. I do that too. But that's a case of about a minute, two minutes. I put the phone down and I get straight on with what I'm doing. I'm not interacting with anybody. I'm looking at updates. Now, this is maybe me being defensive. Who knows? Maybe I'm defending my habit and maybe I need to change that. But when I leave my phone, I don't feel out of touch with myself. I don't feel negative. So if you are feeling negative by what you're doing, first of all, then that implies that that needs to change. That is not a good start to your day. Now, waking up and having a conversation to your partner, you may argue is not a negative no but as we've said you need to check in with yourself first so take yourself away force yourself to leave the warm bed and get out go make yourself a coffee what nice things can you have set up and ready for you in the morning what things can entice you out of bed I personally love to open the window get some fresh breeze in this morning it was actually quite dark because actually sunrise now, even though it's only just nearly August, is about 5.30, 5.45. So I have 30 minutes, 45 minutes of 
a little bit of darkness. Not pure darkness, but a little bit of shade. Which is exciting because it feels like it's just yours. It feels like nobody else is awake. It's special. Again, you don't need to wake up at five. But this time for you is special and that's the point. So I've talked enough about that. You know, that's my non-negotiable, one of them. Second non-negotiable is going for a one-mile run every single day. Um, recently went to Turkey. Plan was, me and my partner were going to do that non-negotiable there as well. But this is an excuse, but it was incredibly hot. Not as hot as the UK. And I don't know what we would have done on that 40-degree heat day. I can't believe that. We did not have 40-degree heat in Turkey. But would we have done the one-mile run? I'm not so sure. Um words can't say for the past but we didn't do it in Turkey but now that we're back and we were doing it for a couple of weeks every single day before we went maybe that's an exaggeration maybe it was only a week but why one mile well one mile if you're physically able in terms of running is not impossible that is possible for anybody who has the ability to run now when you start out is it going to be easy is it going to feel good probably not Does it feel good for me now? No. I never defined myself as a runner. I never used to feel like a runner at all. I hated running. Absolutely hated it. Sprinting? Okay, sure. But long distance? No. And I know one mile isn't long distance, but you can't sprint that, especially at my fitness level. But during the pandemic, I started getting up running and I, I think the longest run I did was seven miles, which was a huge amount for me. But since then, I found my purpose and my passion and something I love more than anything else. And so my, my need to get adrenaline from other places feels like it's lessened. So that's the thing with motivation is that if you're not motivated to do something, sometimes the motivation will never come. You've got to use discipline. You've got to create habits. You've got to create a new identity for yourself. So I can repeat as many times as I want that I am not a runner. I hate running. I'm not good at it. I don't enjoy it. What's the point? But is that going to help me become fit and healthy? Is that going to help me run that mile a day? Hell to the no. What thoughts are going to make me want to do that? Ah, it's going to be so refreshing to get outside. I spent the whole day inside. It's going to be so nice to get outside. Hey, I might even bump into someone I know. Ah, one mile is just enough to get sweat on. I really love the feeling of having a sweat. I get to feel good. I get to put on my my gym clothes and feel like I've actually done something. I've actually got some exercise. I do define as someone because it is pathetic if I cannot get out for a one mile run. It is actually pathetic. And this is the kind of attitude that I have with myself. Not all the time, but this one mile run is to prove that to myself that, hey, Izzy, if you're saying that you don't feel up to this one mile run today, unless you've got a severe injury or something's happened... In which case, if something's happened, then going for a run is probably a good idea because it helps clear your mind. Unless you're injured or physically sick, it is pathetic that you are saying that you cannot do a one-mile run. It is pathetic. And so from that, I put in the discipline that then creates a habit. And then before I know it, I am somebody who runs one mile every day. If I miss it because I'm home, like I'm out at workshops all day... And I didn't, I forgot to bring my running kit, so I couldn't go when I was there. And by the time I get home, it's just ridiculously late to go. Well, then I add on a mile to the next day. I have to do two miles. Still not much, but it's adding that habit. If I miss, if I miss three days, cool, Izzy. Well, now you've got yourself three miles to do. And if you can't do that, pathetic. And that sounds harsh, 
But with the things that you want to do, but you won't do because you're not motivated to do, you have to employ that harshness. 5am, people used to tell me, oh, it's not good for you. You're not getting enough sleep. And I, I would believe them to start with until I realised that actually, no, this isn't two years, two, three years, two years of me waking up at 5am. And it is good for me. If I wake up later than 5am, I do not feel good. You decide what you need. But sometimes people or yourself will convince you that it is not what you need. Oh, take it easy. You've done too much. You don't need to do that. You've already got loads of exercise. Take it easy. Don't push yourself too hard. You'll burn out. It's good to listen to those sometimes, but with the little non-negotiables, which is what we're talking about today, most of them are not silly. They are not too much. They are not going to lead you to burnout. So my challenge to you, just like I challenge my clients, is to come up with three non-negotiables. Three things that you are going to commit to doing every single day to get you closer to either the person you want to be or the goal that you want to get to. What is that place that you want to get to? What is that person you want to be? Who is the person you want to attract? Right? It's, a sim- it's like brushing your teeth. I'd like to think that you do that anyway. I guess another non-negotiable of mine is before I met my partner, I cared about my skin, yes, but I didn't know how to look after it. I didn't know what to do to prevent spots or I just thought, oh, they're just hormones, they come at certain times. But actually, there are some things. Not touching your face is a huge one, which I've learned. Not using creams and face washes that have oils in them because that's not great for the skin. And yes, some things are good for some people's skins and not for others. But now I have this face wash routine that I do every morning and every evening. And now my skin is so much better. I wash my, I take off, I use some micellar water to take off my mascara. Tip for you girls or guys if you use mascara. Um, oh, sorry, use micellar water. Micellar water has alcohol in it. So if you use it on your face, it's going to dry out everything in your face, so don't use it there, but I use it on my eyes, right, take off the mascara, then I wash my face with slightly warm water, take off, so there's not, not too much water on my face, get this uh, cream face wash, I don't know what it's called, that my partner was using, and I started trying, and, and it really worked for me, put a two piece size mask on, on my finger, and massage it into my face, and I don't, I don't, I don't rush with this, I take my time, again, copying my partner, and what, what he was doing, And taking the time to do that, leaving it on for a little bit, doing the circular motions, making sure the circular motions are going outward, as again, my partner told me, because that's, I can't even remember the science behind it, but it almost like you're pushing it away from from the centre of your face, from the T-zone, I think. Then washing off with slightly cooler water, drying my face with a dedicated face towel, Not my towel that I wash my body with. Not the hand towel that everybody's grubby hands have been on. But a dedicated towel. And then putting on some oil-free cream that is nothing fancy, but just a cream that my partner suggested is something that doesn't cause breakouts. Putting a little bit of that on. Then I let that sink in and I got this cream that I found from The Ordinary um, I can't remember what it's called, but it reduces, um, redness, uh, over time. So I put a little bit of that on 
Then I put some lip balm on because my lips get dry. And then I go to bed. I put my retainers in before bed. Is it nice to wear my retainers? No. Is it fun? No. Another one that I do is I have cold showers. Not fully cold showers. I'll have a warm shower, wash myself. And then at the end, straight to the cold. Cold. And the more I do that every day, in the morning mostly, the more I get used to it. This morning, I surprised myself. It was fully on cold. And I was just like pottering about in the shower. Wash my hair so my hair was cold. And this is, it's not ice cold, but it is very cold. And I got used to it and I can spend more time under it. And why do I do that? Well, it shows that I can put myself in uncomfortable situations and I can be okay. These are the non-negotiables. The little things that don't take that much time, but can change your life eventually. Journaling, morning and night. Asking myself before I go to sleep, what was the best thing that happened today? Because I know that my brain won't be able to answer that straight away. And by asking myself, what was the best thing that happened today? I will have to sift and sort through all of, not the bad things, the good things that happened during the day. All of the things that remotely gave me joy, made me smile, made me happy, made me laugh, made me feel like I'd made progress in some way. To ultimately find one, and it's never one. I always come up with at least three. Three things that I really liked because I can't choose. But that means that little act, which might seem cringy, but it's psychologically proven, scientifically, it's neuroscience, that what what you talk to, your thoughts determine how you feel. And your thoughts before you go to bed and your feelings before you go to bed end up determining your thoughts and your feelings in the morning. If you go to bed stressed about work or a relationship or your health or your finances, then that is what you're going to think about first thing in the morning. This is why some of the most successful people watch comedy before bed. They watch comedy when they're low because they know that that is going to set them up for the best, most positive morning. So what are your non-negotiables? What are small things that you could do? Think about the areas in your life, career, family, relationships, friends, culture, the spiritual side, the romantic side, the academic side, the self-development side. What are you going to do? Are you going to watch one video that's going to teach you a skill about your hobby every day? So you eventually have this whole, whole, <laughs> whole knowledge bank. Are you going to read a chapter a day of a book so that by the end of the month you've read a book? Are you going to listen to a podcast a day? Make sure you listen to a podcast rather than a piece of music because you know you're going to get more value from the, the podcast than the music, unless you're in a really low mood, in which case I very much advocate music. And I could go on with these examples, but you've got to find the one that's right for you. One of my clients has that she actually struggles with eating. So one of her non-negotiables is to have two meals a day. So she has three non-negotiables and two of those is lunch and dinner. And when she does that, she feels better. One of them is to wake up by a certain time. And every time she feels like she needs more sleep and goes back to sleep, she feels more lethargic. She feels less motivated. She feels less enthusiastic about life. Non-negotiables aren't necessarily things that you want to do, but they're things that make you feel better in the end. After today's one mile run, I had a stitch. I did not feel great. But guess how long the stitch last? lasted? Five minutes. And um, disclaimer, 
I had a stitch because I tried to sprint at the beginning of it. Think about how you will feel after. Do I want to step into the cold shower? I'd say no, but kind of yeah, because I know how I'm going to feel afterwards. I know that me stepping into that shower is me doing something uncomfortable for my own progress. Because life isn't always comfortable. Me standing up in front of 250 year nines is not comfortable. Or at least it wouldn't be if I told myself that. But because I put myself in uncomfortable situations every day where I don't want to get up, where I don't want to get in the shower, where I don't 100% do not want to go out for that run, where often I don't want to record this podcast. Because if I'm honest, I see the stats for who listens to this podcast, but I don't know who listens to this podcast. I don't know you guys. I don't know who is listening to this right now. So introduce yourself in the reviews. Tell me what you like about this podcast. And who knows, I'll let you know next week what my motivation is like coming into into the podcast. But for now, it's uncomfortable because I can see people are listening, but I don't know who's listening. And my ego says, well, do they like it? Well, you do because you keep coming back. But your brain's going to tell you reasons why you shouldn't do it. Nobody cares. Find yourself proof as to why they care or why you should care. I can look at the stats. Why should you care about going for a run? Because if you're not healthy, then how can you care for anyone else? How can you do your best? You have proof that when you're healthy, when you feel strong, you do a better job at things. You feel more confident. You feel more sexy. Your chances of finding the love of your life are going to be stronger because you're going to be happier. So I'm going to end this here. That's 33 minutes of me rambling on about your non-negotiables. And again, this is not, this is cruel to be kind. But you've got to want this. And you're not going to want to do those three things. Don't pick three things you already do. Don't pick three things that you like doing. Pick three things that are a little bit uncomfortable, but are small. Waking up at 5am is a decision. One decision that is small. You could decide that you have too many decisions to make during the day. So you are going to decide the night before you go to work what you're going to wear the next day. And you lay that out on your floor every single day. Or you pack your school bag the night before ready for the next day. That is a decision, a small, very small thing that will mean that you've got one less thing to do the next day, the next morning. And so you can spend more time in the morning doing things that are really important. What small things that you don't really want to do, but you know are going to help you, could you do? Again, I would be so grateful if you could leave a review. It really helps spread this podcast to more people. And I mean, if you found it helpful, if you found, like, go away, try these non-negotiables, set them up for yourself and then come back and leave a review. Hit the the rating as well, but the reviews are, are so important. So I hear in terms of spreading this to more people. And we want more people to be doing non-negotiables because more people who are willing to put themselves in uncomfortable situations are the people who are resilient in this world. The people who don't troll on social media. The people who don't complain. The people who don't see themselves as a victim. And you guys are some of those people. But let's share it with more people. So I'd love love to see your reviews. Um, And that's the last time I'll mention that. Today at least. And so with that... Thank you so much for listening if you've got through to the end. This one thing could change your life. Atomic Habits. 
that is exactly what this is all about. James Clear, no psychology, neuroscience backing in what he was doing, nothing at all. But the evidence that little habits every single day that you don't particularly want to do can and will change your life. So, with all of that said, I appreciate you. <laughs>